Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. A Boxing Day Bonanza. Hello and welcome to the Real Football Cast. Yes, it's episode 21, a very festive one. I'm your host, Dan Tracy. You should know that by now. And in the next, I don't know, about 60 minutes as usual, but I mean, we'll see where we go. I mean, it's just nice to not be eating and talk a bit of football. As per usual, we'll be dissecting all the hot topics in football over the Premier League. It's not been the past few days. It's literally been the past day, Boxing Day. What a day of football it's been. Um, I guess over the sort of holidays... You get bored of eating, let's talk some football. And what better way to do that than recording a podcast? So joining me this afternoon, not this evening as usual, it's this afternoon, is a debut appearance from Lee Chappie. He's arguably Leicester's second biggest celebrity fan. Now, <laughs> now, Lee, he does a whole host of social media bits, so it probably makes sense for him to explain just what he is doing right now. Yeah, um, I'm actually celebrating um, from, t- basically, look at it this way. We've just got six points from two previous champions. Um, no one was expecting that whatsoever, uh, especially as a Leicester fan, uh, with the whole Claw Pule situation that we have going at the minute. So, uh, taking six points from, from two champions, mate, just Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs> yeah, we'll, we'll get to that in a bit more, actually. We'll start the show with that. So, I'm just going to do some social media bits first. Otherwise, we'll be talking into the abyss once more. No one wants that. So first, if you want to get in touch with me, you can. That's on Twitter, at StanTracy1983. Anything show-related, please send it my way. You can find me via iTunes by searching for Real Football Cast. And if you use that platform, then don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And if you're not a fan of all things Apple, then you can also find me on SoundCloud and Acast. While the easiest way to find all the links is by going to realfootballcast.com. As you should know by now, the Real Football Cast is sponsored by Loserpool. What is loser poor? I hear you ask. It's a game that sees betting turned on its head, with a focus being on the loser. If this has grabbed your interest, then be sure to visit loserpool.com and create an account, especially as there is another prize pool which guarantees the winner £1,000, something you will not want to miss out on. And like I say every week, the odds of winning are great, but they're even better if you sign up. Right then, it's time to go live. And where should we go first? It's only really the king power. Lee sort of stunned my thunder a little bit, but you're right, Leicester... No one would have given much of a chance looking at the fixture computer over this sort of past week. 
Chelsea, Man City, you'd be thinking, I don't know, a point at best perhaps. Who knows? But two excellent results for the Foxes. Lee, tell us about those. And more importantly, you've just hinted it on it, the pure out movement. I've been watching it from afar. I find it very interesting. I can't say it's something I really agree with, but what's your take on the results and the man in charge at the moment? Right, okay. Uh, cracking question, uh, and uh, I'm going to fire away. So, the Claude Pure situation. I'm totally against everyone going Pure out, um, it, basically because of what's happened with Leicester City Football Club this season. We have had too much going on with the whole Vishai tragedy that happened uh, during, obviously, October time. And uh, I think that was enough for me for a club to take for, for one season as it is. We don't need no more management changes going on because you know what happens with manager changes? It can either go up or it can go down. I would rather not see anything happen. I'd rather just stick as it is, leave Pule alone, just focus on backing the boys all the way through the season. We've had some good results over Christmas. We've had some poor results beforehand. But that's football, right? You know, we lost against Spurs at home and, you know, it was a, it was a cold, bloody night as well. Um which you'd have obviously loved, by the way, Dan. <laughs> um, and I think Leicester fans have created a, like a, a bit of an imaginary rivalry with yourself since uh, Leicester won the league back in 2016. Sorry to knock that one on your head again. Um, <laughs> That's right. I think we've just sort of created this imaginary rivalry with Spurs uh, and, and uh, we love riding on that banter until you actually win something. I think we're always going to hammer you for it. Well, yeah, I mean, and that's fair enough. I mean, like I say, you've won one more Premier League title than we have, so I think you've, you've got to own it, really. Just go for it. And I think well, you're right. It's, it's nothing too nasty, but it's it's healthy banter. And I think, you know, we can all live with that, and I don't think it's a bad thing at all. No, no. But but all in all, mate, I think Spurs are a bloody good side at the minute. Um, you know, you've, you've achieved some, some some fantastic seasons so far, Champions League back-to-back. Uh, you know, you're sitting behind Liverpool in Premier League. Who knows where it's going to go? But well, back on back on the results, so yeah, I, you know, fr- I think it was Friday last week. Um, rumours that Claude Pure was going to be sacked by LCFC. I think Jamie Vardy did a an interview that says that his style doesn't work with Pure. You know, and he, he publicly made that. You know, made that where publicly, and you, you don't do that. I don't think. Uh, and then all of a sudden, Saturday we beat Chelsea one 0 uh, You know, at Stamford Bridge, which is a cracking result, especially over Christmas. And then we shock the world and and do Man City from a comeback as well. We're one 0 down. You know, to win two one against Man City at home after being one 0 down, uh, it's worth anyone's money on a bet, mate. That is. I mean, with Leicester, obviously, is it not the fact that that middle section of the table at the moment is so? I guess volatile is the word, that it only takes two wins and your complexion of the season's sort of a much brighter one. Because you look at Leicester now, they're seventh. Yeah. You know, before those two wins, your, your pure out movement has much more fire to it, doesn't it? And now it's sort of quelled again. Dare I say, if you lose the next two, those same... They'll, they'll be back. Exactly. They'll be back. So, they'll be back. Um, yeah. They hated the fact that we won these two games, um, the pure out brigades, because they've had to cheer. <laughs> and they don't want to cheer, they want him out. Um, we did a poll on 100% LCFC. You can follow those at 100LCFC. I'm content group uh, admin. We did a poll uh, on the Pure Out, Pure In, and it was 88% um, majority vote of Pure Out. Uh, and wow. there's, there's, I think we have around 150,000 followers through Twitter and Facebook combined. So there you go. That says a lot, really. I mean, obviously, no poll sort of accurate, but that's quite... 
a substantial amount. You know, it's almost a land. Well, it is a landslide, really. It's but... scary, mate. Um, but we did one last night. Uh, we didn't have many votes on it, to be fair, because I think the pure outers were hiding. <laughs> but but um, we had a, a 68% pure in. Well, this is it, like I say. So I mean, it goes to show you, doesn't it? Yeah, exactly. It only takes two results, and the mood will change dramatically, won't it? And I mean, yeah. what really, these people who are saying pure out, what are they expecting from the rest of this season? Because let's say even if they were, I don't know, 11th, is that, I don't want to sort of do Leicester a disservice, but is that necessarily a bad thing? Like, what should what should they be getting this season, Leicester? I mean, so why is that necessarily a bad thing for Peel to be in, say, 10th, 11th? I mean, are your expectations from some fans almost a bit too high? Is that a fair statement to make? Yeah, it is, because of the Premier League win, yes, mate. Since the, Prem- since the Premier League win, um, a lot of fans have... You, you can't. I don't think you can help it. I think it's a natural reaction to winning something that big. You know, it was it was a marvelous, you know, win that shouldn't really have happened, but it did at the end of the day. And I think that has definitely uh, made the expectations a lot higher than than ever ever before Leicester. Um, so expectations uh, for me personally, I think a top ten finish is well, is, right. is is remarkable for where we are. If you think looking back ten years ago, we was in League One with you know Matty Fry up, Fatty Fry up, we used to call him, <laughs> um, banging <laughs> banging in goals. You know, uh, 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 I, I, it's just unbelievable where we are. But I think we should have definitely pushed for that League Cup. It was there for the taking, I think, and and. Uh, he he didn't play to our strengths against Man City in that League Cup for me, and we lost it again. That's a, I think it masks the following uh, the previous year. Sorry, the exactly the same result. Yeah, that's a I fair think, point to make. I guess you know uh, what where is the you know if you really want to show as a manager that you're progressing, you should have really shown that you wanted to win that, and the cup should have been priority over the Premier League because I don't think we're going to go down. Um, but I don't think we're ever going to hit that top six bracket because you guys are up there, Arsenal, you know, Liverpool, Man City. Uh, I, I, I just can't see us competing with you guys uh, in the Premier League. So there's no European football for us, I don't think, from the Prem. So why the hell didn't Claude Pure push for that League Cup? I will never know. Yeah, I mean, that's a very fair point to make. And I think also in terms of the top six, you only have to look at Everton. You know, they've been chucking a lot of money in the last yeah. couple of seasons. They've gone through... Three managers in that space of time, you know, Koeman, Allardyce, Silva, yeah. and they're no closer to getting to what I assume is their objective and their sort of promised land. They want to break the glass ceiling of the big six and yeah. turn it into the yeah. big seven, but it's just, it's really, really difficult. So for Leicester to sort of be complaining that they're not in that top six, it's sort of, you have to think, take a step back and think, well, do you know what? Things could be a lot worse. And as you say, you're not going to go down. I just think that sometimes you do need to sort of take stock, look at the bigger picture. And obviously, maybe that boils down to, is the right football being played, which again is a subjective sort of question and answer to discuss. But I don't think things are all that bad. And certainly the last two games um, for Leicester have shown that things aren't bad at all. So it'll be interesting to see what the second half of the season can bring. So if I was to sort of nail you down now from a prediction, where do you think Leicester would finish? Uh, I'd say eighth. Yeah, and I think that's fair. And I think is that And I'd be happy with that, by the way. Yeah, you'd be happy with that. Is that enough to quell your... No. Grassroots movement of Peel out. I mean, no. is that enough for the board? You know, Because if you look at uh, what Peel did at Southampton, finished eighth, got to a League Cup final, got yeah. the sack. So, you know, nothing is 
certain for fo- in football, especially in the Premier League. And you, think- I, I think it's the fans, mate. Um, especially if you look, if you look back and search through the uh, history, because I already have read a few articles about Southampton when there was with Puel, uh, and uh, I've seen the fans. It's very, it's a very similar state of affairs, actually. And I, I think the the eventually it got to the club. The fans eventually got to them, and they they kicked him out. I think it was the fans that did it personally. I think it was the fans that got Puel out from Southampton, and and. I'm not saying that Leicester is the same sort of situation, um, but Leicester is a very family and fan orientated club. You know, the the owners, well, the owner now uh, does a lot for the fans as it is, um, bringing beers and, you know, pies and God knows what else, you know. And that's how it's been for quite a while now since they took over. So they are very connected with the fans. So maybe, maybe he might go because of the fans that want him out. I, I don't know. I can't, I can't give you the answer on that, but... That's how I see it. I see him probably departing in the summer. Is there something to be mindful of, though, the fact that the grass is not always green on the other yeah. side? Because you look at 100%. Southampton, Definitely. And, you know, they, it wasn't, a, I guess, a terminal decline because they're still in the Premier League, but they were worse off after Peel, and it's all about getting the right man post Peel. So, you know, it's, there's no sort of candidate where you'd think, obviously, you know, that man's going to come in and make our team even better, and that progress may only still be up to 7th in the Premier League for the reasons we've just sort of stated. So sometimes you don't necessarily have to roll the dice, do you? But it's all about the clamour of, like you say, the fans. They want more. They want progress yesterday. And it's, you know, it doesn't come quick enough. And it's not it's not easy, is it, really, in, in that, especially in that middle section of the Premier League where one week you can be 7th, two weeks later you're 12th, isn't it? You, sometimes you just have yeah. to... You know, um, you're saying about the seventh. We, we are we're sitting seventh, and we are four points off from sick from from potentially nicking the Europe spot. I'm not saying we are going to, as I just said before. I can't see us battling the big boys for for it. But right now, as it stands, we're a, we're, we're a draw and a win away from you know sixth spot, and that's that's. I think that is the ultimate aim for the the owners' original plans because they've got some great plans ahead. I'm sure you've already seen that we've got a training ground uh, that's coming at, coming soon. Uh, it's a hundred million pound investment training ground, uh, state of the art stuff. Um, the only st- uh, training ground in the United Kingdom that'll have a place where they'll be able to train groundsmen. Uh, and I've already seen that there's all sorts of big boys like yourselves included that are interested in you know leasing time allocated down this training ground to to train your groundsmen so it's a it, yeah so it's it's massive if you've not seen it i've made a video on it on my personal youtube so i'll send you the link later if you could please mate yeah um it looks phenomenal um so that's one plan that was vashai's dream bless him and uh he's also got the expansion of the ground coming up you know that's another i think it's an 80 million pound investment that that's coming so we are a club that's got uh, ideas of going forward as a club. We've got some young players. We've got English standard players. You know, Chilwell, Gray, Madison, Harry Maguire. If Vardy was a little bit younger, he would have been in that part as well. You know, there's a lot of English talent there, and they're all young. So there's a definitely you've got some other players as well that are definitely going to come back, like Harvey Barnes. He keeps scoring for West Brom every week. He's scoring for West Brom. He looks like he's going to come back. The future's bright. The future's blue. Yeah, I mean, like I say, but is that future with Peel? But anyway, let's look at some yeah, other teams probably in the not. League. <laughs> yeah, probably you're probably right actually on the balance of everything. But let's look at the team that you beat on Boxing Day, Man City. They've lost three of their last four. Now, obviously, last season they won the league at Cancer, and everyone was sort of pontificating this is the greatest football team we've ever seen. But yeah. is this going to be a truer test of how good 
this team really is because now they've got to roll their sleeves up, haven't they, and, and sort of show people that they are, you know, a team capable of being the first club to win back-to-back Premier League titles since 2009. Man City have got, I think they've got a player to replace every individual player in that squad, um, except Fernandinho. Uh, get my words right, Fernandinho. I can't say his bloody name. Help me out here, Dan. Fernandinho. <laughs> That's the one. I don't think they can replace him. Um, I don't know if you've looked at some of the stats and some of the ways that they play, uh, especially like match of the day, they break it down quite well. Um, it, it, they don't seem to play the same style and same uh, going forward uh, with without him on the field. Uh, they lost against Palace at home, which was a strange result, I thought. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, no you know, one... No one would have had that one, would they? No, well, I, I, someone's won some fabulous uh, money on that one before Christmas, but I know I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's good point. Yeah, shame about me either. <laughs> but, yeah, I, I, I don't know. It's weird, isn't it? I, I, they haven't got the greatest record against Leicester down here, though, right? You know, I think uh, the, the previous year we beat them down here, and I think the previous year before that was a massive score. I think it was like 5-1 or something stupid, because it was pissing it down the rain. 4-2, wasn't it? And that's the sort of year the Guardiola sort of ripped up that team and went, right, yeah. let's start again, yeah. Yeah, yeah. so... I don't know if it's more like a, a stat because sometimes they hold, don't they? You know, like pre previous like scores and results for teams where you have like bogey teams and stuff. I think that's probably just held for Leicester, to be honest with you, more than anything. Yesterday, I think it was just they're, they're, we're one of those sides that they, they struggle against. Yeah, I mean that's a, certainly a fair point. Like you say, they do seem to have um, City's number at the moment, but in terms of City themselves, the transfer market opens in a number of days now so we're all going to be bored with rumours left right and centre over next month yeah chill yeah yeah. but can you see City going in for anyone I mean perhaps someone like Chilwell or maybe someone to alleviate the um, necessity of Fernandinho to play because you're right when they don't play him they're a different team so they almost need to find his equal or someone who can sort of be at least that kind of defensive shield in front of a back four, which is again has had their own issues this season. A lot of changes at centre back. They've not really had continuity, which hasn't helped. So, you know, it's very easy for City to go. We'll have him, him, and him. But can you see them adding to the squad in the next? Yeah, month? definitely, mate. Um, I, I'm, I'm worried to be honest with you because they could. I see Man City. Their back four is quite small. I think they need a big boy at the back. Yeah. Um, and why not Harry Maguire? Well, exactly. Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, and if you say, oh no, let's pack a figure out the air, 80 um, million, that's not something that they're going to balk at, are they? So there's the concern. I no, mean, that's what I mean. I'm worried about, and why I'm worried about some of the, uh, Leicester in particular, I'm worried about as being completely poached now. Because that's what happened to Southampton for quite a few seasons from Liverpool, right? They yes. took quite a few players from them. So I, I feel like we're in that same sort of position where we might get picked off and be left with you know scrapes I'm a bit worried about that but at the end of the day you can't stop the big boys and they are the big boys Man City and United and your Arsenal and I suppose Spurs are up there as well really but I'm worried for you guys to lose Harry Kane at some point yeah I, I see exactly where you're coming from and I think with Harry Kane it's a case of um, it all depends on what Tottenham do I mean if we're competing for a title and you know let's say we finish second and we don't quite get there then I don't think Harry Kane leaves in the summer if we finish sixth and we collapse, and Poch goes to Man United, then you think, OK, this is where the house of cards starts to collapse, and this great era yeah. finally comes to an end. Because if Poch does go, then you could see, you know, whether it be United or Real Madrid, or let's say for the sake of argument, he could quite easily take two or three players with him. And I'm sure he'd want to, because he's got such a great 
relationship with the likes of Deli Ali, Christian Eriksen, Harry Kane, like maybe even Toby Alderweireld. So it is worrying, and I think like how Leicester need to keep progressing to keep their players, Tottenham need to also do that. But for them, that hardest step is that last one where they've got to win a league or they've got to win a trophy, and they're almost there. And that's the most frustrating thing. It's not as if we're, you know, finishing fifth every season and we're not really doing that well. We're sort of you are doing well. Yeah, you know, people don't consider us as the top three biggest clubs in the country, which again, it's what criteria you use. But if you keep finishing in the top three, then surely you have to be considered one of the top three clubs. It's because of the legacy of clubs like United and Arsenal. You yeah, know, They're still living in the past to a certain degree and they sort of consider themselves big clubs, which they are. You know, There's no absolute denying that. But you need to back it up eventually with league yeah. places. And I think it always boils down to the, well, what have you won argument? And obviously that's where Tottenham have to say, we haven't won anything, but we've given it a bloody good go. And people go, oh, well, you put the pressure on and all that. But <laughs> at least we're consistently putting the pressure on. So we must be doing something right. So it's it's always going to be interesting for a club like Tottenham. It's just until they finally get that, that trophy, be it, I don't know, even if it was the League Cup this this season. I mean, it wouldn't be the ideal sort of trophy. But it would You've got Chelsea, be, didn't you? Yeah, in the semi-final. And I think yeah. that's, you know, we've done them at, um, at Wembley, what was it, a month or so ago. Yeah. I think it's it's a winnable trophy, Doable. and I think it's just the fact that it just puts that first block in terms of real progress. You think, right, you know, we've finally won something after 10 years. We're now in the new stadium. That's something that's going to really want to hopefully keep the big-name players there. And then, then you think, you know, this could be the, the start of something beautiful. But as as we know, football can be a very cruel mistress, and, you know, Harry Kane could be injured for six months, and God knows what, so... We'll have to wait and see. But in terms of Tottenham, from an outsider's point of view, do you feel that they've now announced themselves in the title race? Because oh, de- definitely. Um, without, I was just about to say the same thing to you, which is quite funny. Um, I, I was going to ask you, would you say you're in the title race now? But but uh, yeah, I I think you you guys are. And uh, what I'd like about Spurs. Um, compared to say Leicester and uh, even in Burnley at the minute, right, is that you can go to Europe, you can compete at Europe. And you can still focus on your prem because you've got a, a quite a diverse squad. Unfortunately, for someone like Leicester and Burnley, look at Burnley, they're really struggling. When they go Europe, they don't do so well in the prem. You, all you need to do is look back at, say, Leicester's league uh, when we was in Champions League and Ranieri was struggling at, near the bottom of the league. Yeah, I mean, you're absolutely right. I mean, you look at how Burnley's squad has been stretched to uh, almost breaking point this season. Exactly, and that's because of European football. Yeah. Uh, so uh, you've got to. I think you've got to put a few things into perspective, right? And that's what I do. I look at it in, in a different way, and I think, yeah, Spurs. You are. I think you're up there for for challenging for the title this this season again. It's going to be between you, Man City, and obviously Liverpool. Definitely, well, yeah, exactly. Because I mean, definitely. There's no. I don't think there's no one else that's going to push for it. I mean, Arsenal can say they will, but I don't think they're going to. No, I mean it's. If we were talking about a two horse race this time last week with Liverpool and City, if Tottenham are now second. People still won't consider them title contenders, and you're like, it's staring them in the face. And this isn't me being sort of overly biased or anything, but if you're second in the league above Man City, then you have to be at least considered a genuine contender. Whether they win it, I don't think they will, because unfortunately Liverpool just seem they seem relentless yeah. this season. I mean, the fact that they haven't lost in the first half of the season speaks volumes. Yeah. And I think you know when top- they came down here, when they come down to the King Power, they look bloody good. You know what I mean? We gave them a good go, but they won, and that uh, they look good. So. I, I just when I see a team down here and I go, yeah, they look good. I know straight away they're going to be up there. And so far, Liverpool, Spurs, and 
And that's it for me at the minute that I've seen that look dangerous and look good. I mean, let's not get ahead of ourselves, but Tottenham's next two fixtures are Wolves and Cardiff. Liverpool's next two fixtures are Arsenal Man City. So it's not too unrealistic to say that the landscape of the title race could be changed even further by the time we get to the FA Cup break. So, you know, it's six points at the moment. If it's, I don't know, three, maybe, yes, you know, let's say it's sort of down to three points, then Tottenham will really have to think, you know, we can win this. We're, we're with a genuine chance. And then you sort of think to yourself, if they do move back into the new stadium, it's been delayed so many times now, but say they get in there for February, that could be a real shot in the arm in any title race, couldn't it? Yeah, you don't want to be. You don't want any more disruptions. I don't think. But that's that's the thing. It's it's, diff, it's a difficult one. That is that's a difficult. That's a difficult one, big time. Uh, I mean, do you guys? I've never even asked any, a Spurs fan this before. Do you guys even enjoy playing Wembley back to back week? You know, every week. Um, no, I don't think we do. Do you know what? I think the first season we were there, it was a case of right, we have to play here. Let's just get on with it. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. this is the card we've been dealt. Let's just play it. This season, obviously, with the it's not just the delay, but the way it's been communicated, also sort of the pricing and the way refunds have been dealt. It's a really archaic system where like, I'm a season ticket holder and you have to... Every game that's played at Wembley instead of the new stadium, you get credited the value of 119 for your season ticket and then you have to then buy your season, your match oh, ticket. Oh, man. And the, really? And the match ticket ends up costing a couple of pounds more than the credit, the refund due to the way it's priced. So... Just it's left a bit of a bitter taste in the mouth, and I just think it's like it's dragged on too much. And you look at like that's the things you don't hear about, by the way, because we I, I didn't know that I've oh, never yeah. heard about that. Yeah, it's, so it's, obviously that's swept like, from the table, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And I think like I mean, obviously be like Boxing Day. I know it's like a day for family, but you look at Wembley yesterday. There's less people there than there were at Sunderland against Bradford. Like Sunderland had a forty-five thousand sellout. I think there was like 43,000 or something at Wembley. So people are voting with their feet. I know Christmas is a difficult time to watch so many matches. And there's also Wolves at home on Saturday. But I think, yeah, the Wembley experience, people just get, getting tired of it. It's a, it's a not it's not necessarily a nice place to go, like around the ground, if you've ever been. It's just sort of, you you go there like once in a while if you're in a cup semi-final or a final, God forbid. But if you go in there all the time, the novelty soon wears off. And it's just, it's yeah, it's not a great place to be. So I think we're sort of just counting down the days and just hoping sooner rather than later that we can get back in there this season. Yeah, uh, I think we obviously we can't compare with with Leicester, but uh, we've got Cardiff uh, at home on Saturday. It's a bit of a different fixture compared to you know your Chelsea and your Man City. It's like the other other scope of the of the you know quality of football, I suppose. Um, I, I'm a little worried because we seem to struggle, like, struggle against sides that are not equivalent of us, but the teams that we should be beating, we seem to struggle against the most. And I'm a bit worried we're going to lose that before the New Year's out. Uh, and then we've got Everton away uh, on the New Year's Day. And then the FA Cup starts. I don't know who you guys have got in the FA Cup, but I think that's another cup that I think Pule needs to focus on. Because of the shambles of the League Cup, I think he really needs to get his ass into gear with the, with the Cup. I don't know who you've got, but I'm sure you do. We've got the mice of uh, Tranmere Rovers away <laughs> on a Friday night. Ooh. So, uh, a potential banana skin, but I think... Oh, yeah, yeah, because we're away as well at Newport. So, well, uh, I shouldn't laugh, but we went to Newport and were held for a draw. And we had to take him back to Wembley and win. So, you know, it all depends on um, what kind of... Strong line that we go for, really. I mean, obviously, Pure, I would assume, will use it as an opportunity to rest and rotate, especially after such a busy, yeah. festive yeah. period. But it's not a game you can necessarily take too lightly. So let's say, you know, if you're 
your manager in that one? How many changes are made? Like what what can you rely on from a sort of reserve point of view going to Newport? Well, I'm I'm surprised Pule didn't make no changes for the Man City game from Chelsea. So he used the same squad, which was a big surprise, especially with the Pule out brigade, because he's always tinkering. I'm, so, I'm and I don't understand how Ranieri's got the name Tinker Man when mate Pule's completely different class compared to Ranieri in terms of tinkering. He just oh, he just he's non-stop changing, change, 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 change. He's great at bringing in youngsters uh, and giving them a shot, like like Chowdhury, for instance, Hamza Chowdhury, you know uh, the Afro man himself. Yep. You know, you wouldn't see him. I don't think you'd have seen him in the Leicester shirt uh, if anyone else was in in charge. But here he is. You know, getting his is in first eleven. Um, you know, for two weeks in a trot. It's it's weird. You know, and and I, I don't know if the pullouts can see what he's trying to do. They they just don't like the changes that he keeps making. But I th- I see Pule wants to try and build a system um, that that doesn't rely on Jamie Vardy. Because that's the problem with Leicester is we've relied on one game plan for quite a few years now, right? And Pule's idea is clearly to create the system that works with no matter who's on the pitch, not just one forward. I think that's not necessarily a bad move either, because you know you can't have Jamie Vardy forever. Like there is going to be no. a time where that quality and more importantly that pace is going to drop off. So Definitely. you need to have sort of succession planning, don't you? And I think yeah. with younger talented players, you can sort of like you say, build a system that not only that they're sort of interchangeable, like we saw against sort of City, the way they sort of you sort of switch things around. Like Charlie went on the right, and you know Madison played number ten after a while, and then you sort of got back into the game after going one nil down. So yeah, I think the fact you, you can't just be over reliant on your talisman as much as you'd like to, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. But that also takes time, and I guess that feeds into the sort of pure out movement. Where it's well, well, why is he not yes. playing Vardy, yep. and why is he on the bench? And it's like well, yep. if you look at the bigger picture, that all. You know that will suit you better, like a season down the, the the line when perhaps Vardy's lacking fitness, but the team doesn't lack any results because of it. You see, that's also a reason why we're not up there with you guys because you can play without Harry Kane up front. You you stick Son up there and he's he's scoring goals. You 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 seem to be able to cope no matter the situation. As with Leicester, don't seem to be able to cope at the minute without Jamie Vardy. Yeah, I think. Again, that takes time. I think Tottenham sort of lucked into it a little bit because we had a sort of era when we had sort of Vincent Janssen trying to be Kane <laughs> understudy and Fernando Lorente. But I think now we've sort of worked out a system which is very fluid. You're right that Sun can play out there. Even sometimes Dele Alli can sort of lead the line. So it's certainly something that has taken time to establish and evolve. And I think, you know, you can't just have your sort of best striker banging in the no. goals for sort of two or three seasons and then for nothing. Like, it needs... You need to sort of integrate it. I think that's where Leicester are at the moment. It's a, it's a process that will take time. but It's a process, like I said. And I think that's a process that Pule's trying to work on. But fans are impatient, big time. Absolutely. If we talk about uh, your former Leicester manager, not Craig Shakespeare, Claudio Ranieri. Um, mm. Legend. God. Yes. Obviously, he did one miracle at the King Power. It might With even... Nigel Pearson's squad, by the way. Yeah, Let's not forget, absolutely. that was definitely Pearson's squad. That's absolutely right. I mean, he might have to do another... Miracle with someone else's squad at Fulham yeah. because you know Slavisa Kanovic did a great job getting them out of the championship. Spent the best part of hundred million, but the step up was obviously sort of too big. Spent for, so much money, yeah, for the style of football that he played. And then because of that money that's been spent, um, you get the feeling that the Fulham owner is probably going to be a little susceptible to, you know, saying here's another fifty million. So Ranieri's probably going to have to work with a group of players that you know he's he's inherited more than actually purchased himself. Can you see him? Performing another miracle and getting full amount. I mean, it's not as drastic as that, but can you see him finishing, you know, 
out of the bottom three coming into the season? I think if he if he if he had the full season, I think he'd give it a good damn go. But I think it's it's a big ask for someone to come in and and really change things with with the situation they're in. They've won two games. Is yes. that right? Uh, they yeah, yeah, they've won two and they've got about four draws or something like that. Yes, they're, I mean they're yeah. off the bottom after drawing with Wolves. The game they should have arguably should have won. Really, had they sort of just held out for the last five minutes or so, they would have. So it's it's small steps at Fulham. But they almost need sort of giant leaps at the moment, don't they? Because yeah, they're in danger of getting left behind. It's quite ironic. I've just looked at the table as we're on, and it's quite funny. Leicester have got Cardiff for a sitting seventeenth, uh, so it's like Ranieri's relying on Leicester at the weekend to to help him out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he might need a favour, but also um, Fulham play Huddersfield at home. And I guess what is a is it too early to say a six pointer? No, it's no, not. You it's, know it is. No, definitely it is a six pointer. I mean, I'd say so. Huddersfield, I believe, have lost their last. Six Fulham have not won in six since Ranieri uh, took the job. So I mean, something's got to give. Can you see Fulham getting a first win since uh, Ranieri? Yeah, yeah, definitely, there? definitely. I mean, are you, I mean, you look at Huddersfield as well. I mean, they're they're sort of suffering from second season syndrome. If ever there was a, a case of it, I mean, for them ultimately, it's just goals, isn't it? I mean, they're not playing the worst football, but in the they, final were third, they, I mean, they were favourites. They were favourites to go down, right, last season. Yes. And this season, clearly, they're 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 holding to that this time round. Um, they're struggling. What was it? What are they on minus twenty two or something on goal? Yeah, minus twenty two on goal difference. Ouch. Uh, they they look like they are in a situation where there's there's no comeback if they don't beat Fulham. And to me, I, I think Fulham will will edge it, and Huddersfield will will cement their place at twentieth bottom and won't move. Yeah, I mean, when you consider that. Zanka or Matthias Jorgensen, whatever you want to call him, he's I believe their top goal scorer with three, and he's a centre back, and that sort of is a damning indictment of uh, Huddersfield's forward line this season because it's just been well non-existent really. I mean they they overachieved last season. I don't think any Huddersfield fan would you know moan of that or complain about that statement, and I think it's just dare I say their sort of natural level, and there's no shame in that. You can almost extend that comment to Burnley as well. I mean fantastic season last season, but. Their European exploits that took him as far as Aberdeen and Greece. Um, who's, their, who's their best player? Is it that Jorgensen? Jorgensen? Well, the centre, yeah, I mean, Aaron Moyes, I guess their creative impetus, but he's injured till February, so you just you look at Huddersfield's team and you just think there's nothing really about them. Like, no one no, the, 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 it's the, the problem is, it's again, it's that championship situation where a lot of the sides in the championship, like so we're talking like probably the, te- the top eight, are they're all. Premier League bottom eights, aren't they? Yes. Like it's it's hard to sort of it's hard to judge. I mean, I think Huddersfield have got Ben Hamer, which was a Leicester goalkeeper. Um, yeah, that's right. He played against City in the second game of the season, shipped six, didn't he? Yeah, you know, I think for him that's a bad move. But but there you go. You know, he won't get in game time at Leicester. But um, I, I can't see anything happening for him. Unfortunately, you know, they got slaughtered really by United yesterday. Yeah. Uh, I mean, for them, it's a case of, you know, like I say, there's no shame if they get relegated because they're having a, a great sort of party. They're not getting pumped five or six new every week. They're not disgracing themselves. It's just the football isn't great. And I think, you know, someone has to be the worst team in the Premier League each season. Unfortunately, this time around, it's Huddersfield. So It's, it's an important few fixtures for them anyway because they've got Fulham and then they've got Burnley as well. Wow. I mean, that's a huge... And then huge Cardiff. Season. Bloody hell. I mean, well... It, wow. I didn't realise that. So it's literally the bottom uh, going at it, at each of his throats, back to back. 
that would make for some incredible uh, fixtures. I mean, they're not probably going to be um, one for the purists, but from a sort of uh, attention point of view, they're going to be yeah, some uh, definitely. big results. I mean, as we get to uh, the weekend, can I get a loser-pull pick from you? Who would you reckon is guaranteed loser this weekend? <laughs> Huddersfield. <laughs> um, hmm. Who did you say you've got? Uh, Tottenham have got Wolves at home. Mm, yeah, you know what? Spurs are going to win the weekend, so Wolves, Wolves, Wolves will lose. Fair enough. I'm going to go with um, I'm going to go with Arsenal because as good as they are attacking, I think you know we saw in their draw against Brighton yesterday that all their hard work is undone by just poor defending. I mean, it's all been sort of patched up at the moment. They've got a lot of suspensions and injuries, but this Liverpool side is red hot as we've seen. I can't see Arsenal getting anything out out of that at Anfield last season. They lost, what was it four nil? Yeah, they need. Yeah, yeah, it won't be that heavy. We might be. They need know. to stay. They they really need to win at the weekend. Um, really, it's a, obviously half five, and uh, they need to win. They need to win as they're out of the title race for me. Yeah, well, I mean, let's be honest. I don't think they're in the title race. No, though. but they. Are, I think it yeah, was definitely that might be done. Yes, the death knell for them if they do lose. But um, yeah, I think that'll wrap things up, Lee, because I think you're busy at three, aren't you? So I won't keep yeah. you uh, too long. Yep, excellent. <laughs> Just got enough time. So, uh, Lee, it's been an absolute blast talking to you today. Uh, great debut. I hope you want to do it again sometime soon, mate. No, yeah, I love all this stuff. So, yeah, I'm more than happy, especially uh, when we go down yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Perfect opportunity. We'll definitely do some uh, some cross-promo uh, on that one. We'll definitely get together on that. But like I say, open invite. If you want to jump in any time during the second half of the season for some more general chit Yeah, yeah, just let me know. Perfect, mate. Will do. Um, I'll let you go then. Have a great new year. Same to all my listeners as well. It just leads me to say that my name's Dan Tracy. This is The Real Football Cast in association with Loser Paul. And until next time, goodbye. Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.